Shepard Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast all about front-end web design and development. This is episode 490. Holy crap. I'm Dave Rupert and with me is Chris Goyer. Hey, Chris. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah, coming up on that half half a thousand. 490 cool. of these. That is a lot. I thought it'd be funny if I like started the episode like I didn't know how to do the intro. That would be yep. kind of a funny. Well, I get that feeling once in a while. I'm like, who's possibly joining us at episode 490? Like, does it feel like the hot new thing? Partially, I'm thinking about this because I always do once in a while. And also because of that, like, uh, just thinking more and more about like Web3 kind of kind of stuff and okay, reading okay. more about it and uh, and trying to like bone up and not sound ignorant, but also like deal with my feelings of like, ugh, why does this exist kind of thing? But but mm-hmm. being well aware that that doesn't come from a place of like deep education about it. It comes from a place of like, what the heck? Of, of, of like hearing bad stories, of hearing like one Ethereum transaction is enough energy to power a household for a week. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And then going to the gym and having my gym guy be like, man, I feel so behind on technology. I should, I feel like I should have some crypto investment. And like, maybe we should start taking crypto for for payments for our gym members like why not maybe that'd be like the the future and maybe people would like to pay that way or maybe it's maybe i'll get crypto that way and it will you know make us more money in the long run and i won't feel so behind on technology and trying to square those two things okay so one one fella pays you in crypto for your gym membership and that transaction costed as much electricity as powering a home for a week how do you how do you feel good about that like i, I that's that's wild, you know, it's, it's people feeling behind and then and then while they're catching up, they're making choices that aren't particularly informed by environmental impact because they just don't know or don't care. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I put a lot of like time and emotional energy into this, like in the last month, just like reevaluating, you know, because I've been following some tokens or coins or whatever since like the beginning of the year, like March or something, you know, it was just like, should mm-hmm. I do this? You know, and they've like literally all like doubled in value, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, man, that could have, could have doubled my money. Dang. You know, oh, so like, you followed like out of interest, but not even with a nominal investment. Yeah. Not even with the money investment. Cause I, I still have hangups about buying virtual currency. I know it's a little more tangible than virtual nowadays, but like, I just, that game just seems so weird. Just like, it does. yeah, man, it I, does. Got, I got, <laughs> I bought 90 V bucks, you know, Roblox V bucks, you know, right? like, and I'm going to spend them on JPEGs, you know? Like I also go to Vegas and spend money on crap and don't feel bad about it. So what if you spent the same amount of money on crypto? Does it feel the same that you could like then play the game? But the problem is the second you buy it, you've participated in that environmental system that's a little sketchy. Yeah. Not all coins are the same, right? Like they're different. I think some of them have very little environmental impact. And you say the environment's bad and then people, it's bad for the environment. And then the immediately you hear, yeah, well, oil's bad. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, they're all like, it's bad. I agree. Like I'm trying to like reduce all of that too, you know, and, or I put in led bulbs in my damn house. Cause I want to like use a like, lot a lot of less electricity in like it's a different level though we're talking about powering a home for a week that's wackadoo man 
Yeah, well, that's a lot. and then immediately somebody's like, oh, but Ethereum 2 fixes it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like. I know, but, but it's not fixed. Incurring the carbon costs now. What are you doing about it? You know, like mm. you doubled your money, but you quintupled your carbon footprint, you know? That's like, what's so hard to think about, right? So all that you have to square all this stuff. And that's the tip of the iceberg because there's 10 more things to think about. Like, do you do you trust it? Who's at the top of this thing? Are you, are you actually decentralizing or is it actually centralizing? And who's getting rich off of these fees and yeah. all, all this stuff, right? There, I do participate, I'll say, at a very, at a, at a like what I'd burn in Vegas kind of level, but because you know, part of it's because of that coil thing we got involved with, and in that mm-hmm. when I wired up coil and put it on stuff, which is still on my site, it trickles in bucks into a virtual wallet because it's literally the only choice that they offer. Right. So yeah. I hooked up this app called Uphold or whatever. And it's not my favorite mm-hmm. little wallet thing, but it's fine. So money trickles into that. And then rather than like immediately extracted into my business bank accounts, I just let it be there. And then yeah. I was like, maybe I'll just like turn some of it into Bitcoin. Maybe I'll turn some of it into stupid dog coin or whatever it is. Maybe I'll turn some of it into ETH, you know, and I've been doing that and then just watching it. And you're right. It is. It grows, especially over the long term. It really does go up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and my thinking is if it went to zero, I'd be like, well, that was a sucky trip to Vegas. Big deal. Yeah. Uh, but and that seems so silly because all I do is sit there and look at it, which makes it mm-hmm. like, is that money really? Like I don't if somebody even if somebody is like, hey, this breakfast burrito place takes Bitcoin. Would I would I buy it in Bitcoin? I'd be like, no, because that's my looking at money. <laughs> well, and yeah. And like, <laughs> oh, man, that was a good $6,000 burrito I had that one time, you know, like it just kind of, it's so volatile. Uh, yeah. I'm looking, I think what we got paid an XRP, right? I, I had like, a, what's that with, one? That's the, the one that coil used a long time ago. Right. Oh. Or like originally. And I guess yeah, it's, and you wired it up to use that. And I didn't. I, I, I did. Yeah. And, I had like 200 XRP, which is worth $200 now. It was only worth like $40 back in the day. But it, I lost it in the migration to Uphold when I changed from XRP tip bot to uh, like Uphold. It just disappeared, no. Chris. 200 Ooh. XRP dis- disappeared. And so like my, my quote unquote learning curve, it's kind of a bummer. You know, it's like I've already yeah. been bitten by this. I've already failed on the mm-hmm. the like <laughs> using it's terribly nerve wracking there's because at one point i was like well uphold doesn't have a lot of the stuff that i wanted to mess with and mm-hmm. i was like i'll just use coinbase i don't know what the implications of it i don't know if they're slime balls or cool people or what but it does seem like the the big player right it seems like the one that most coinbase, people use right? yeah yeah, yeah. So I get a Coinbase account, right? And I move most of my stuff into it because that's what I'm also scared of is that you hear these stories. Of, I, I used to have a Bitcoin sitting around on a computer somewhere. I'm like, what? What? I don't mm-hmm. want a Bitcoin sitting around on a computer. I want it to be in a cloud thing where I lo- cannot lose it. Yeah. So anyway, it's um, I put all my stuff in Coinbase and there's a nerve wracking moment. Like Uphold doesn't make it, I would argue, they don't make it particularly palatable to be like, there's no send to Coinbase button, you know, not that there should be, but because everything is done by these like QR codes with wallet addresses and stuff. But there's big warnings. Like, so if you send one to the other, you got to get the wallet address right and all that stuff. But there's the warning is if you somehow send it to like the wrong wallet or the wrong mm-hmm. 
even the wrong type of wallet. So if you send some ETH to your Bitcoin wallet, guess what happens? It's mm. just gone. It's just disappears. And that's maybe what happened to you or something. But so you have to send, make sure you send your ETH to your ETH or whatever crap. Oh, wow. Otherwise it literally, it's, it doesn't say, oh, that's not going to work. It says nothing. <laughs> Dude. That's this whack. Is a solid no for me. I don't get. I'm really yeah. maybe like a UX thing. I don't know. I just yeah. There, there's. I admit. I, I think it's a little fun to watch my Vegas bucks go up in money, though. But then I, you know, of course, I'm riddled with guilt over the whole thing. And this is not Web three. We're just talking about crypto coins. We haven't even talked about what does a website look like on the yeah. blockchain. And that's a major underpinning of the the Web three is like Web plus payment. Right. But what the one part about Web3 I am maybe excited about is decentralized uh, authentication. Like I sign in with my hash OX5831234, you know, like, mm-hmm. and this website's like, oh, hello, OX5831345. Like you've proven that you're that person. Uh, you can access this website. It's like, uh, it, it's like like OAuth, Gmail, but better. Log in with Gmail, but it's it's based on whatever whatever. There's no company behind it. The blockchain. It's I an open. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. distributed, right? Or it belongs to the whatever yeah. popular blockchain I'm registered on, I guess. But that seems hot, right? Um, and then I was out to dinner last night with a with a with these this new new food truck in town. It was, it was very fun. Okay, we were sitting okay. outside by the fire. Guys used to be a real estate attorney kind of guy. He's like, I don't know anything about all this stuff, but I, but, but the, when I read a little bit about blockchain and contracts seem interesting usage to me, like the title of your house or whatever could be on the blockchain. And that's cool. Cause like, it's not like, you know, who cares about speed and stuff? This is like a rare transaction that it maintains that history of title ownership. And it's not like you don't have to go down to city hall and, ask Dora for, you know, to see if she can go down the hallway and make photocopies of your old title kind of thing. Cause it's, you know, technology has maintained this title ownership there, but not just titles, but other documents of that type, which are public record anyway. I was like, dang, that does seem kind of good. You know, it seems like it could be an improvement. Of- I could get behind like any kind of ledger based activity, but like at that, do you really want whatever, uh, monkey avatar dot eth the website to be the the where you issue your home loan and your house title (laughs) not at all no (laughs) i'm gonna say no i mean i'm not gonna like give some like whatever uh uh crypto punk my house title (laughs) sorry you have to bleep that anyway (laughs) i just there's, yeah, seems a little weird. It also gets weird that they're kind of immutable, right? Isn't that kind of part of the? That's what an NFT is, right? Then it's non fungible. You can't non fungible, immutable, infinitely copyable. But titles are kind of mutable, right? Like you can change the ownership of it. But what if, like your title? What if you change the plot lines on your house? That title still is ref, you know, references old plot lines that it, it kind of needs to be fungible a little bit. It kind of does. Cause I, I had that situation. I built my shed. That's an addition, right? Uh, I like re got an easement back on my house from the city, like 
a power line like cut across my house and I was like, don't do that. And I paid money to get that taken off, you know, like mm-hmm. the immutability is sounds super cool, but it's also like maybe not. I th- well, you tweeted out a, a article by Robin Sloan, author that was of just this morning. Yeah. Mr. Penumbra's 24 hour bookstore, uh, which is a good book. Uh, he Maker kind of, of was, olive oil. Did you know that? Weird what's guy. That? Oh, like yeah. Makes olive oil recreationally and mails it out to you as a subscription service with his partner. I'll, I'll do that. Anyway. Um, okay. I'll take Robin's back goal and check it out. But one thing uh, he was kind of saying in his article, you know, he just was like, as cool as immutability is, I, I kind of want mutability. I, I kind of want stuff to disappear, you know, like not be kept in record forever, you know? And, and I empathize with that. I just like, uh, you know, the right to forget, you know, forgettable web, you know, like, um, so anyway. Yeah. It's like you, it's, I don't know, upload some photo to some cloud service and you don't have access to the account anymore. And now this photo is just a permanent part of the world and you have no control over it. Cool. Yeah. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody bought that picture of me, uh, you know, but naked uh, in some, I don't know, dumpster uh, that one time we took that fun photo. Um, and now somebody owns yeah, is it Yeah, there forever. stories about that? Like NFT revenge I mean, porn? I'm sure possibly, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Somebody made the point on Twitter. They're like, if like porn hasn't even hopped on this. And if porn and <laughs> furries aren't doing this, it's not good for artists. <laughs> so that's what I said. And I, I was like, interesting twist. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's so much to think about, right? Just so much. This episode brought to you in part by Notion. That's notion.so. Learn more and get started there for free. You know, with hybrid work becoming the norm, the strongest teams have two things in common, speed and alignment. Absolutely. Both come from having, you know, are, you know, really emphasized and made better by having one hub where everyone can share work and the processes and manage products and collaborate with clarity. I'll tell you that from experience. My teams use Notion as that hub. It's all kinds of stuff from meeting notes to planning future projects to Kanbaning our existing projects and, you know, who's on what and what's going on and, you know, what's everybody working on. Our week notes are in there for individuals that are like, what are you working on? What am I working on? What are my blockers? All that stuff we use for work in a big way. Even here on Shop Talk Show, we're using it to plan our shows. We're using their API for incoming questions and assigning questions to different shows and all that. It's just amazing what Notion can do. It really is an all-in-one hub for work productivity. I love it. Check out more. Uh, uh, you can check it out on your own and invite as many people as you want to. It's a very team-based tool. That's that's the best thing. Take the first step to an organized, happy team today, again at Notion.so. Right. So here's the, the, the part of the what was interesting, and this is in the Robin Sloan article as well as what I've been thinking about, is that it does seem new and cool and interesting and like, relax, bro. Why don't you just experiment with this stuff? Nobody's forcing you to do anything. We're just at the have a play and see what's cool about this issue and that why worry about that? Nobody's jamming it down your throat. Just relax. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of get that, except for that, that's not the whole story, you know? I hear, uh, heard a story, this is acquaintance of an acquaintance kind of thing, so grain of salt, but it was like a relative newcomer was working on websites and they were attracted to and guided to Web3 work. Like, this is actually how you build websites. This is where the web is going. So why would you, as a newcomer, learn the old stuff? Do the you old might as way. well learn the new stuff, right? right? And, the, and they were saying, oh, man, like, I'd love to keep doing website stuff, but I'm going broke deploying my website. Because in Web3, you pay gas or whatever to do a transaction to deploy your website because your website's on the blockchain. That's the point, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it decentralizes and yada, yada. And, you know, I heard some other stories and people being like, oh, but it, it turns out it was actually pretty fast. Like the performance was was pretty good. I measured it. That was, mm-hmm. that was cool. So people are playing around. But yes, we lost this newcomer because they spent all of their limited funds changing their website uh, on the blockchain. They d- literally didn't know any better. They literally thought that's you, that you have to pay to update your website. I was like, okay, we lost one. That sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. You could guide them the right way. It's not like they're gone forever or whatever. But what a what a crock, you know. Wow. Like that's yeah. that offends me, you know, that somebody was was guided in that way. But I also don't blame anybody that's attracted to it because it's it's the new shiny. You're being told that you're reading Hacker Noon or whatever, and they're being like, Web three is the coolest, you know, no, and. and- VCs chucking money at it, you know, and, and yeah, but, and that's, but that gets back to my whole deal is like, who's getting rich here, you know, like, yeah, who, you know, who has, who has, if who has the money and who has thus, who has the power and, and due to the anonymous nature of it, you don't know. Am I just making cyber criminals rich? Probably. No, but I'm I am also way ignorant about this. Like, like, okay, you pay a gas fee. Like, literally, where does the money go? As I understand it, that goes to the miners, like the mining company, okay. like that, because they're they have, I guess, I don't know, they make up the <laughs> the delta between. So if you've spent money, if you you know you bought all the GPUs, thus letting gamers not have them or whatever, and you've been dutifully mining crypto for years or whatever. That's a long-term investment, at least with Ethereum, because yeah. not only do you get the Ethereum right off the bat, but you continue to earn off the transactions forever. Yeah, as I understand. I, I Again, I'm not yeah. the, well, the dude. But but I think you, you cut the miners because they have to process your transaction, just like a credit card processor has to process your transaction. Oh, which... and it's not one deal. It's not like work they used to do. It's work they're doing right now. Right, right, right. So they have to yeah, stop okay. whatever blockchaining in in order to deal with your verify your transaction on the block or you're adding to the block mm. or what you know oh, actually kind of makes sense that, that's how i understand it but yeah but is that fair you don't know i mean yeah. th- there's a dao i guess in place a developer agreement organization is that what that stands for but a a there's a dao in place but yeah i mean man do you really know if it's fair like <laughs> you know the it's just variable it's coded in the system i hear but but it's like what what's fair? I don't you know. How do you know it's fair? How do you? And certainly in the investment on it, you know, if, if when you look at the names at the top of that, you know, you're gonna find Andreessen Horowitz. You know, that's yeah, big big names, big players. And and I mean, venture capital loves markets, right? They they love they 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 want Airbnb because Airbnb is basically just like a new hotel market. You know, 
and then people can pay whatever, you know, market prices, you know, uh, uh, libertarian capitalism prices are, if people want to pay this much for it, we'll sell them to that much for it. You know, this house, um, so they're looking for those Ubers. They're looking for these these. And um, this thing smells of a huge market. I mean, you're it is it already is money. one. It doesn't. You're you know? inventing money, and then you're like, "Hey, do you want to buy this money that only goes up in value?" And people are like, "Yeah, I want to buy money that goes up in value." And they're like, "Great, because we and we made a bunch and we bought it at pennies, and now we'll sell mm-hmm. it to you for thousands." You know, like it's it's kind of a. I mean. It's sort of a slam dunk. I mean, you know, it does. And, I wonder how bi- yeah. much of VC funds is literally just the coin itself. Because if the point is <laughs> like a great outcome for money is to double it, and that's what all of it has done, provably, you know, why not just, why do, you know, you think a, a company is more risky than the coin is at this point? Well, and, and, you know, the, the way you make money on the stock market is not, buying the stock it's the futures and stuff you know you're you're like betting on whether it'll go up and down in the next month and all that you know sort mm-hmm. of day trading Do you play on that it. game does that feel more okay i don't i don't have the i'm <laughs> yeah so cussy i don't have the gd time to sit there and babysit numbers you know like <laughs> no but you could be like i i'm hot on tesla so i'm gonna put a thousand dollars into tesla and just let it ride I could, I, I don't, I don't do single stocks, but uh, you know, yeah. but that's, but that's also out of my nature. I just don't like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I mean, you can win doing that, but I, I don't think that's how you win. You know, like, I don't know. No, you I get, don't think so either. Lucky, that does seem you know? like a weird game. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a <laughs> bunch of tower record stocks, Chris. I'm going to be rich. Yeah. Tower. Only that does seem up. a little silly. You know? Yeah, pretty risky. Although I have one. There's one I'm bullish on. Are you ready? Is it Tesla? No. no. It's what? Cloudflare. I think Cloudflare is okay. going to blow up, dude. Hashtag, hashtag investment advice. Not investment yeah. advice. Don't but. listen to me. But it just feels low for a company that's already, they're just so baby compared to the other cloud players. And But they're everything across the board is better that they do. And I'm just like, God dang, you're going to like 100x for well, sure. There's so many. I, I There was like stuff I would just was like, I should invest in this. Like when I switched to, <laughs> when I switched to uh, like PC, this was even kind of before all the, uh, you know, Bitcoin skyrocketing, right? Um, I was like, I should invest in NVIDIA because like they make good oh, GPUs. Yeah. I should invest probably be a quadrillionaire right now Chris (laughs) like because they just they kind of only go up you know and I I think I even talked to my a guy about it and they're like well I guess you could you know but I just I should have done it but I don't trust my and I don't want babysit I want the guilt of like picking the wrong thing so that's my I get that's also my issue risk low risk over here low risk Rupert but I don't know it's it's like I want people to feel good. Like if you've made money, awesome. I'm like happy for you. Please like reinvest (laughs) some of that into fixing the environment. That would be awesome. And then two, can you please like uh, (laughs) help spread it forward and and make sure that it is distributed uh, equitably, you know, like these, these gains, you know, it doesn't just go to your Lamborghini, like, Maybe it goes, maybe we do some cool stuff with it, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
if you happen, if we happen to reach one person who's like making choices about where they're headed and stuff that I guess one message I'd like to spread is in addition to the great ones you just spread, these are smaller almost in scope, but it has to do with your life that the, the web now, like shoptalkshow.com, for example, not on the blockchain, there is, it is still a new, exciting, huge, interesting market and career. And that mm-hmm. there's nothing old and stodgy about it, really. You know, it has is rife with some problems, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, at the biggest scale, there's websites that are hurting the world, too. But on the whole, the web is still like a pretty great thing. And that if you're a newcomer to this industry, like, hang out over here for a while, yeah. You know, your skills aren't untransferable to building websites that then work on the blockchain too. Like if you want to play out this industry, like you can learn all the stuff over here. I think we talked about it in the last episode a bit, but just like, I, I just, I get the growing sense like HTML has some longevity. I mean, there's a chance like whatever we'll all be in Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse uh, slinging Bitcoins at each other for just to whatever, get toilet paper delivered to our house. Um, or <laughs> we take a different route and we can really support each other. I don't know. So, and maybe, you know, it's just, I, I feel like HTML has a future in that. Like we're going to share content. That's like the kind of the core of who we are is sharing stories and telling stories. You know, that's, that's what YouTube is. That's what, you know, mm-hmm. everything is the podcasts are it's sharing stories, talking human connection, connection. So I think, I think that won't go away. So, and HTML is pretty good technology for that. Yeah. 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 I, I, that makes me think of the, that nothing ever changes like that, that we build new products of interest that do interesting things, but they all, but the core needs of them are the same as they ever were. I mm-hmm. want to tell a story. I want to talk to my friends. I need to know where the nearest bakery is. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to make sure that my partner knows that we're out of milk. I need to, you yeah. know, make sure not to forget next Friday that I have a doctor's appointment. Like those those needs, they don't change that much like yeah. over decades of time, you know. Well, yeah. And you know, you, everyone's going to start buying these monkey avatars and then somebody's going to say, I need a place to show off my monkey avatar. And you're like, I know how to do that. So. (laughs) Sure. I mean, that's always a question though. Like, does this new thing solve some, some need that you can point to and express really clearly? And sometimes it does, you know, that's why this stuff is so complicated. Sometimes it is digital artists are as every bit of valid as other kind of artists. And yet, there's no market for their work. And this thing called NFTs comes along and all of a sudden digital artists are getting paid good money to do great work. And how do you possibly fault that? Well, you can't. It's great. That's oh, awesome. Well, well, I mean, we just got done talking about a million nuances of, of, of all this, but like, at least you can point to something that makes sense. No, I, I, it is, you know, it's going into somebody's wallet. There's money going into somebody's wallet. I have heard like there's this like golden brick scheme where like 
you, I make an NFT and I'm like, Hey, uh, Hey, I'm going to sell this. Can you buy it for 5,000 and I'll pay you back or whatever? Five ETH. I heard it. And I'll pay you 5.1 ETH back, you know, sound good. And then like you do that a hundred times and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody's like, well, then you grift the last person and be like, look at this verifiably hot market that these NFTs are in. You'd be stupid not to buy this last one for $5,000, but truly they had no value because you were the buyer every time. I am curious about that though. Doesn't it look like you bought it back or are transactions not, you don't, you don't know who the money you went to. Like they're on the chain, you don't know who. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can anonymous. maybe do some detective work, but it's all, you know, cause it, it's like somebody cashes out to bucks, real bucks. And then with another wallet, buys into yeah. regular yeah you know, so it's it's just you this absolutely like, cannot differentiate an actually hot trading market from a totally scammed hot seems like market. a problem so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it seems ripe for whatever fertile ground it seems so early that why are people trading these things at all i thought it was mostly like you buy one then you own it and then maybe someday Somebody else will want it and you trade it, but it seems like early days for that. But is that wrong? Are, are, are these hotly traded already? Like, I really want your monkey with a cigarette in its mouth and I'm willing to pay you double what you paid for it. That seems wild. I think some people have done that, but, you know, it. but to what extent, you know, that's sort of like just, I don't know, fishing. <laughs> so I got yeah. a big one. So yeah. What doesn't bug me about it is that nobody, that's a, that is truly a game. It's Pokemon cards for adults. Like you can play that game if you want. That's even more Vegasy than anything else, except the stupid transaction fees. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is fine about it except that. Well, and then all my skepticism comes out on that because it's like, oh, we're disrupting banking. Oh yeah. Cool. How are you doing it? Well, every transaction costs like 180 bucks. (laughs) So it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> that, amazing, dude. You really, yeah. really disrupted it. So, yeah. Um, Isn't that the, that's, that's when we're specifically talking about ETH, right? Cause that's smart contracts and that's the whole deal that you, you, you program it into the transaction itself, what it's owed. Yeah. You know, people are really yelling about this, about this web design thing the other day. Some guys like, listen, I'm going to make tailwind tokens. So you buy from me a unique set, a unique configuration of tailwind, thus that, you know, you ha- you own it now. You plug it into your website and you use Tailwind like you use Tailwind. And your website's going to look unique because I've given you this one-off set of tokens. Now, one, it's not really unique. If anybody wants to copy your tokens, they can just do that. Just like you can freaking screenshot a JPEG. So it's not actually unique. But I don't think they care. That's not really the point. The point is support this artist by owning this set of tokens. It's an interesting-ish idea kind of thing. But, you know the pushback being uh, what what is what is happening here you know and then they don't disclose it but somebody buys one right away and sees oh they they take 10% if you ever sell the nft again so clearly what they're thinking of isn't they're thinking of their long term it's it feels like a long term grift you know like if this thing were to succeed i almost don't care about round 1 i care about them being traded around in the future and being able to carve up off the top yeah so the fact that you can tell that that's what they're thinking makes it feel like bleh. yeah you're not just reselling a license you're selling a you're 
you're you're taking 10% off the resale value, you know, which I sort of understand for art, like you get a royalty, like whatever. I bought Taylor Swift's song. Uh, now she gets 10% of the sale because she's Taylor Swift. You know, but that's I sort a of one-off, not a forever. Not that then if somebody sells it, if I sell my lawnmower, that Steel gets another 10% off. It's her IP, you know, so I... It sort of makes sense to me, but like okay. I, I can reason about it. But but I I I was not super stoked on this Tailwind project. But just like you get a Tailwind config, and that's like I paid how many ETH for that. But um, but I I do think there's something interesting uh, about how you could support open source through or or even just do licenses through this. I hate the fake scarcity of it, but you know, I think about Flickety or something like that. David DeSandro, um, which he, I think he said he had to kind of pause on some of this work, you know, right now, just, uh, just like too much going on. But, um, you know, if he could have a license issued and there's like a credit and you have a license and then, whatever you take it from project to project or whatever, like you can be like, this is me, this is my license, like. That's kind of cool. Um, uh, or I don't know if, if you commit to a project like Vue.js, maybe you earn whatever stock or points to to Vue.js or something like that. So I don't know. There's something like you could be a part of the DAO there or whatever. So mm. there's some interesting implications. I don't think they've manifest and I wouldn't even want to pilot it the program you know but uh it's there's some interesting ideas Vue.js is not on the blockchain by the way but i just was using that as an example so god david would probably make a killing at the you know because he does all this like you know interesting portraits and these little one-off logos and stuff they seem pretty ripe for the for the nft thing you know sometimes when you see your a, a friend that would be good at it you're like you should get it on this bro <laughs> Even though all the crap I just said, bad. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I I just, I'm probably in the hater camp or just, I don't, I'm not there yet. But I am starting to see some potential applications, but I'm not even, I'm not, I have no skin in the game. So, yeah, seems like the healthy place to be at the moment. Well, enough of me extolling my own ignorance about this because you know it seems like i talk about it more than i know about it which is a little scary of a place to be i don't want to be that tech pundit i'd rather talk from a place of deep education but i think these conversations are probably more valuable than the ones on twitter because twitter is just nonsense and misinformation you know you're like it's bad for the environment here's a number of kilowatt hours and somebody's like oh no i read a blog post that it's not that you're like, cool. What's the blog? Is it on media? What's the blog post? <laughs> you know, like, is it actually peer reviewed? Because I'm looking at a New York Times article and they have not redacted a single thing yet. You know, like, who? I, I just, the information sources are so, I don't know. I, I, it's where it's kind of, I think it's all connected to the problem of disinformation in general in society. And, where you could just Google whatever you want to believe and and you'll get an article telling you that Bitcoin's great for the environment. Well, that's why I quoted, how many times did I quote in this article about the 
the the the house you know that a single transaction is as much power as it takes to power the average household or whatever i said that a bunch of times i cannot quote a source mm-hmm. and when i learned that it fell into a niche in my brain that said like oh my god that's so bad i'm going to frame a bunch of other things i know about crypto and nfts and all that world with that nugget of knowledge in there, let alone I don't even know who commissioned the study or anything. So I'm really guilty. That's what I mean here. Like, I, do, I don't know. I don't know. It, it seemed like a lot of people are saying it, so it felt right to me, but I, I can't. Yeah. Well, but then I, for me, it's like when some I, I get more like when somebody's like, oh, it's not significant, you know, but it's like, China shut it down because it was using too much power. Um, you know, it's using like, it's basically un- offsetting all of our renewable energies. Um, and you don't have to tell me, you can't gaslight me. Like 500 GPUs running in somebody's basement is going to have a carbon cost. Like, like these things get hot. They're, they're warm. It's so much electricity, 500 watts of electricity pumping through these things. Like, It's just, you can't gaslight me and be like, it's not significant, you know, when it's like the whole machine is built on the whole, whole empire is built on burning electricity. Like we, I, I, for me, if I had anything to say, it's like, I'm waiting for, I, I think we need, we're in such a climate crisis. We need better solutions. Like this was a 2010 solution. This is not a 2020 solution. We're, plummeting off this cliff and if we can Mm -hmm. and and so i think it's the wrong solution i think it's the the anti whatever uh need um that that we actually need we 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 need something revolutionary not this not just use electricity to make money so that's no better than use oil to make money well that china point is a good one isn't it it's literally the biggest country by population on the planet. They have Says no problems no. burning energy, Chris. But then they were like, we got to shut this down. Yeah. I wonder if it's the anonymous thing more than the electricity. But who knows? It's so. not like China's going to tell us. Yeah, China's not telling us. Um, let's take a break. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Markup. The link is in the show notes, of course. Markup is the leading visual commenting platform for live websites, images, and PDFs. Whether you're designing a product from ideation or putting finishing touches on the build, Markup is the perfect tool to keep your team together. Invite as many collaborators as you'd like. They can join as a full member or as a guest to to, to view, create, and resolve comments. Uh, Go from design to build, to publish without losing your mind in the process. Markup will save you time. You'll save the day. So if you're in the business of getting feedback on design of any kind, you owe it to yourself to check out Markup. It is a really slick tool. Super well done for that. Thanks for the support, Markup. Let's do a question from Rich Walker, who comes up, who's excited about the future here. So maybe a nice breath of fresh air here. He uh, he writes in, I'm really looking forward to getting into CSS container queries and eventually using them on production sites as they have the potential to change and refresh my approach to building modules. 
Boy, I totally agree, Rich. Doesn't that sound good? I'd say let's not forget. Um, let's not forget about container queries. I think I titled a blog post that, and then shortly after that, the they kind of quote unquote came out. Right? Remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Everybody's mm-hmm. excited about it because there's. I think there's a version of Chrome you turn a flag on while container queries are there. They're not. As far as I know, that's a. That's so cool. Yay! Many claps. But the spec ain't done. There's no, I don't think, it doesn't feel particularly close to it dropping in stable Chrome to me, but I don't know. And then even if it drops in stable Chrome, it doesn't really mean that much because these days, if for something that important, you really need both Firefox and Safari too. And then once it's in all three, then we're talking production. That could happen quickly or it could never happen or it could take three years from now. It's like going to be one of those things, you know? So I'd say let's not forget about them again. You know, just because we like got satisfied with them for a minute, I think, because we're like, wow, it's moving. I think we should all do what we can to make sure it stays moving. Yep. By, for example, writing into podcasts and having those podcasts talk about it. <laughs> hey, browser vendors, keep working on container queries. Thank you. That would be great. And everybody that has done so much work on them so far, you're amazing heroes. Mm-hmm. Don't give up until they are on production. That would be sweet. Okay, but Rich keeps saying, you know, with the sheer amount of other cool new stuff coming to CSS, what are you most excited about? Longtime listener from the UK, high five, Rich. What are you most excited about, Dave? And the, so it could be container queries, but anything else happening in container CSS? Container queries is, is exciting. Um, and, and I don't know the like latest and greatest, but the at scope is kind of my bread and butter for component systems. Like, I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm excited about some of these color function stuffs because, again, that factors into design systems. So mm-hmm. I'm very, like, one-trick pony here. <laughs> if it benefits design systems, I'm very interested, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and Jen Simmons put out the other day, like, a lot of people voted for typography in some s- survey, but, like, letting trim and gap um, – or, sorry, cap – units which is like uh i don't know if you've seen the project cap size it's like basically you cut off the top and the bottom white space on your font you know like the below the cap height and above the cap height you basically slice that off and then you can like perfectly set text so you don't have like this rando amazing it's it's so necessary (laughs) like i'm crying uh inside it's so necessary so like for design systems because you just you have a title and a button, and then the button has a little extra padding on the top for some reason. So then you set the like padding top 0.8572 brim for no reason, you know. Um, anyway, I, I'm super stoked on what I had four features: container queries, uh, color functions, and stuff like that. I, I think like programmatic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. color systems, the color contrasty. Stuff. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, yeah. And then what was the uh, scope and letting trim would be righteous um yeah yeah how about you those are really good ones the well your font one made me think about or the letting trim one made me think about the um those font descriptors that allow you to in the at font face block like like font size adjust Mm -hmm. so what's cool about that is that you you can set those to, to on a font like a fallback font for example such that when the 
that you're so you you know like you're adjusting Helvetica or something mm-hmm. or Arial to match the metrics of your custom font more closely. So when if you're going to go with a FOUT approach, which is good for performance, right? Because then the text is like always visible. There's no like delay for showing text ever, which means you kind of got to buy into FOUT, which is not my favorite, but whatever. If if you do the FOUT approach, that there's very little reflow. And right now you can kind of do it with JavaScript, right? With a font loader and be like, oh, well, when the font loads, then, you know, remove these CSS things such that they're really close. And you can get font fallbacks like pretty close. Mm-hmm. So when the swap happens, it's pretty... But it's cool to be able to do that right in CSS. I really think that's where that technology belongs. And there's... Yeah. there's uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cool thing. And it's good for... The, it's not at the scope of... At scope or container queries, but it's pretty big. I'd mention container units as well, which is almost just as excited to me as container queries. And if they shipped first, I'd be like, cool, fine. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you need container queries first because container queries are the, you have to set a container for a container unit to mean something, but it could always just mean whatever the parent element is or whatever my, my parent is. Maybe it could manifest like that. But these are units that are called like QI and QU and stuff. I think that's where the spec is now on them. Container inline and quint. <laughs> Container yeah. unit. Oh, look, they're already different. I'm already oh, wrong. Really? They're C-Q-I, oh. C-Q-B, uh, container query width. Yeah, that's better, I think. Okay, okay. And uh, uh, the, the point of them is, like, you'd get responsive typography way better. It's not their only use, but imagine those, you know, I don't know, being able to set type based on the parent size of the thing is like what we've been trying to do forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think those are pretty, pretty hot. Um, and then, in the, you know, there's so many. Like nesting, I can't wait because it's going to make me reach for SAS way less and be less salty about it because I re- that probably is my number one thing. Mm-hmm. That I'll, I'm willing to, to do the work to get SAS just for the nesting. And if I didn't have to do that, that's cool. And then nesting plays out in everything else, like at scope is a lot more useful if we have nesting too. Mm-hmm. And the new media query syntax stuff is more useful if we can nest within there also and all that stuff. Yep. At layer is more interesting with nesting. I think nesting like unlocks a lot of making CSS feel better when we get all these new features. Mm-hmm. So like let's do nesting first and then make sure it works with all the rest of them as they go. Yeah, uh, there's just going to be a lot of... CSS tricks in the future should be really cool. So good time to have a CSS blog. There's, uh, you know, scroll timeline is kind of an interesting one. Oh too. my gosh. I, I like incredible. I, I don't do a lot of scroll effects, but partly because it's all in JavaScript and it's all junk and it's all, you know, like just chugs your page to zero miles an hour. So like, it would be great to have this in a, a more native feeling format, you know? So um, I, I'm kind of into that. And I don't know. It's uh, a great looking API when you look at the scroll, scroll linked animations stuff and scroll timeline. Yeah. Mm, very nice. Very nice. There's a great article from Bramus Van Dam on, on CSS tricks about um, not only scroll timeline, but how it can map to the the web animations API too. Which I feel like I just don't, for some reason, don't reach for as much as I should. But it's a really nice, really nice 
API for animations. You know, it's like, that's yeah. what you should use probably unless, until that moment where you need GSAP or whatever, but it can kind of take you pretty far without it. Pretty nice looking API. And they, they communicate with each other really amazingly well mm -hmm. to the point where the demos that use them both, you're like, what? <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderfully easy to express with no library at all. Just native web technology. Just some JSON and some... Like, like for example, you're scrolling down the page and then you hit um, a section where you scroll horizontally instead and then it reaches the end of that and then you keep scrolling downward. That's, you know, people could say, don't do that. Don't mess with my scrolling. And I get it, right? But there's this, it's, there's this weird like genre of websites... <laughs> like mm -hmm. basically called awards websites that the whole their whole game is like make it this like amazing one page experience that will blow your mind they're not going anywhere they've been here since i've been a web designer there's there's always going to be them and it's and sometimes cool ideas come out of that type of work yeah. and the fact that you can make a multi-directional scrolling app where all you're doing is flicking your mouse up and down and it's doing scrolling in different directions as you go. That's amazing that the web platform can do that. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. It, and it'll be, you know, it's going to go overboard. And then people are going to dial it back and oh, say it's yeah. wrong. And then people are going to find out, like, kind of some cool stuff you can do. I mean, um, that's a classic argument. But, you know, you could say that about color. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can set the background color. People are going to abuse that. And no, yes, they, they do. They you will. Know. <laughs> you know. No, there's, and, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be wild because like lab LCH stuff is, is, I was talking about color, but that those new color profiles are coming online. And so like you may see websites you've never seen before because they like have a color of pink that you could never render before, you know, and, and it's not going to be muddy colors everywhere. So you don't really think about it until you see it IRL. You're like, wow, there is a diff. Like, like you pull up a, 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 these little color demos in Safari on your like brand new, whatever, Super Mac. Like, it's kind of a wow moment. You're just like, I would not have expected a big difference, but th these new colors are kind of seriously different. And, and even just the gradients, how they, go from color A to color B is so different. And so yeah, you're, you're going to probably be a, I know whole, exactly what you a mean. book apart book written by Dave Rupert on um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the gradients to choose as you're going. If you're going from pink to blue, you want to use this color profile, If you you know? And then we're going to have the color functions like color adjust or color, like get RGB from this color. Like it's going to be, we'll have native color transpilation is that what the right word like you basically convert a color from lch to lab or whatever so could be yeah yeah we looked at in there that alpha video we did on youtube follow us there if you'd like that that there's the, the color functions are gonna like basically accept other colors too mm -hmm. so it's gonna feel a lot more natural to be kind of mixing and matching and stuff and being a little less worried about which format a color is because you can always say you know lab from rgb you know like yeah. kind of convert it on the fly and then allow you to use what that color format does 
best. Very clever. It's going to be cool. And and I think, too, the, the twist, though, is it's going to be a weird couple of years. I think you've said that this here on the mm. videos or something where not everything is supported in everything. And so we're just going to be like, it's going to be a little rogue for a bit. So good luck out there. Doesn't it seem like it's going to be? Yeah. Like right at this exact moment, there's not that much that I sit around thinking about which, wh- what has it made it to what yet? Mm-hmm. Like it's not none, but it's not that hot right now. I'm not staring at can I use every day. Right. And I think we're going to, we're coming into an era where we, we will be more so. Yeah. I like, think is it time for container queries? Yeah. Can I use this weird color thing? Where can I use the dra- you know, the, the nesting and stuff because browsers are choosing very different priorities, right? pieces of this to yeah. work on at the moment. Yeah, it's like they're coming at it from different angles too. They're all, they'll all up, end up in the same place, but it's like it seems like Safari has to do the color thing if they want to do the other thing, and then Chrome has to work on the layout engine to get the colors to work. You know, <laughs> it's it's all you know. Uh, it's it's really interesting how it's all coming from different angles. So we'll we'll see though. Hopefully, it gets stuff gets prioritized. I, I talked to some browser people just the other day and. They have some interesting ideas afoot, so mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, so, and there's always su- the surprise factor, too. It's not like we know the exact list, so we're going to get something from the list. It's like you never know, you know, browser, you follow the vendor blog and they what they t- t- tell you is coming. You're all like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. No, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, there was like... Um, I still remember when Safari was like scroll snap points and it was like, what? That's like an IE only feature (laughs) or it was like an edge feature or something. And then they're like scroll snap points. And it just was sort of like out of left field, but I guess Apple needed it in their marketing websites or something. I don't know. So it came out. So Yeah. Yeah. And in, in our, even as, authors our desires change you know container queries have never uh, faltered i'd say everybody always wants those and that'll never change but but for example you know i think we talked about last week like a website like vscode.dev drops you know and you're like holy crap that's amazing right oh but it's only useful if your browser has you know file system api thingy whatever Mm -hmm. so if the browser doesn't have that then you can't use this Right. And that's annoying because you're like, well, Safari doesn't. And Safari is the one that runs on iPads. So like that sucks. You know, can I, you know, not that there is a, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because iPads don't really have a normal file system. So I don't know how that would express itself as an API anyway, but I'll check, I'll check, I'll check. So go ahead. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. What does it say? Does it just say like this whole website doesn't work or whatever? <laughs> but you could see if this thing got really popular, that that would just change everything. You know, that the priority at a browser vendor might be like, well, this is hot right now, so we're gonna make that API work so that this website works because that's what everybody wants. So I opened it up and it does load, so it's running. But it only what does it say when you hit open folder. It does not give me that option. It it only gives me. Oh wait, let me see. Local file system access is unsupported, so it can only open remote yeah. um, stuff, oh, well, which so. is kind of cool. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. mean, okay. I don't. Actually so it works. It just doesn't get. do the thing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually want to authorize that on my or my whatever eighty megabyte Java project on my iPad. Actually, so anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> actually don't want that. So. But 
that's a uh, yeah. The, I mean, cool. We're heading in some cool territory. So yeah, yeah. I think we should probably just leave it at that, Dave. Yeah. Thank you, dear listener, for uh, downloading this. New podcast your service. Be sure to start higher favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for 16 tweets a month. Uh, and um, hmm, if you uh, want to join us in the Discord, have your shoptalkshow.com or wait, patreon.com slash shop talk show. Woof, that was hard. Uh, and then we also do YouTube's over on the Real CSS Tricks YouTube channel. Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Mm. Jumpdogshow.com. <laughs>